Hi guys. Hello everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to another episode. Thank you guys so much for your feedback on our last episode, which was all about friendship. Um, and we really appreciated like all the comments and the questions. And we like interacting with y'all. So we want to do that more often. Um, we're definitely getting me, the ancient dinosaur of technology, getting more into Instagram, oh. wanting to like, interact with you guys. I'm not tech savvy. You know this. You know this. But so, you're not that bad. But I'm challenging myself. That's what it is. So, oh. so we're working on it. But thank you guys for tuning in. As usual, um, let's just get right into today's episode, which is all about money, money, money. Oh gosh, you know, it's this little it's this little thing that makes the world go round. As much as we hate to admit it, it has a lot of power. Um, money, honestly, I feel like. Well, first of all, money is fake. Let's just yeah. be honest. Yep. But since we've made it a construct, we mm-hmm. kind of just have to keep going with it. Exactly. You know, it's too late to turn back now. I mean, exactly. I would like to go back to the days of like bartering and trading and things like that, but. It's a thing but that would be nice it would. if I actually had things to barter with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, I don't have that many things worth that much. People, well, I mean, people would so, barter like that. Doesn't mean necessarily your your trash could be someone else's treasure. That's true. You're right. That's very true. Yeah. So, um, if y'all don't mind, I just want to start it off with kind of a quote that really spoke to me, which mm-hmm. is manage your money so that it does not manage you what do you feel like that means manage you i think because it has money has a tendency to take over our lives i mean we're Mm -hmm. obviously very dependent on it for one um for two we often can't do things without it or we're in a bind because of it um and i don't know it has a hold on people like i was just telling you guys earlier i didn't have a shopping problem so you know as soon as I get a little extra money I'm like mm, okay well I just want to splurge and get this and splurge and get that but I don't think I don't you deserve money. it though no I do but not always sometimes I'm just greedy so um <laughs> so I think like, if you work hard I want to manage my money, money better it's okay mm-hmm. I think if you if you work hard for your money you might as well spend it because it's gonna come right back to you Man, that is what I say though may not be anything around that will come back but it'll come back eventually <laughs> i'm glad you're starting to believe that now because i've been saying that this is true mm-hmm. this is very true yeah but um so we know some things about money but we don't manage it the best currently i'll, I'll at least speak for myself and say that um but we, we wanted do. to bring on a friend that knows a little bit more than we do um this is her area of expertise she is an accountant and she is great with numbers, super intelligent, and super helpful. So hopefully she can help you guys while helping us, and we can help each other because you don't always necessarily have all the resources, you know, at your fingertips. So this person is coming on to help us and chat with you guys. And welcome everyone, Brittany Bishop. Hey girl. Hi ladies, how are you? pretty good how are we you? surviving how are you <laughs> i'm doing good thanks for having me on the podcast of we course. appreciate you for coming 
Yeah, we pleasure. You know, everyone's schedule <laughs> crazy, but we made it happen. So that's awesome. Yes, let's get it popping. <laughs> <All about money. laughs> so, Mona, did you want? Do you have any specific questions for Brittany to start off? Well, I would like for Brittany to kind of go into what she does on a regular basis and then like some of her upcoming projects because we know she's working on some really big things and just kind of whatever order works for you however you want to present it um because it's all information we all need to know honestly yeah um so I guess I can kind of share where I started and how I got to my current position because yeah. um, I've been around a little bit <laughs> um, you've been but... around. You're young. what is she talking about <laughs> you would think honestly you would think like I just started this role or I just started my career but I actually started back in 2015 right out of high school wow. um wow. and before that I started taking like accounting in high school so my first my freshman year I um actually went the business track and so I did that for all four years and then Actually, I wanted to start off as a business lawyer, um, and then I got into it, and then my teacher was like, oh, you'll be a great accountant, and I was like, are you sure? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> first of all, like, why did they say that? Accounting? That's, what what? I, that's my question. Yeah. Like, you went to high school in Georgia? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I went to school. <laughs> that makes sense. I went to school but. in Illinois, yeah. Yes. But yeah, so I went, so I was like, all right, well... I guess since you say I'm a being, I'm a good accountant, so why not try? Well, why so, did your teacher say that? Did, did they ever explain why? Um, well, okay, so my sophomore year, I took an accounting class, and I guess he just saw that I was good with numbers, and then we did like some taxes, and he was like, "Oh, you'll be a good accountant," and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> like I, don't, I really don't know why you said it, but I'm glad you, you know." Did. I think that's a Virgo thing. Shout out to all the Virgos because we're good at math. We're good at math. Okay. <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad he did tell me that I was going to be a good accountant, and there were times that I wanted to quit, but anyway, mm-hmm. neither here or there. Um, so yeah, he actually set me up with my first job um, doing like data input for oh, wow. someone, and then um, after like my senior year, they were doing like a career fair, and I ended up getting a position in accounting um, services at a university. So I worked at a university doing like data input and like student account stuff um, for like a year and a half. And that was very important things because financial aid don't be answering my calls. So (laughs) we need somebody behind the scenes that looks like us that's working for us. I feel like your high school like really prepared you for life because yeah we had like pathways and stuff at our high school but they weren't trying to help us like nobody's out here you know bending over backwards to get us a job or anything like that so I really appreciate your teacher in your high school for doing that for you right like Like, I am too I didn't really appreciate it how I should have Mm -hmm. um at the time but now looking back I am really grateful because I feel like everything that I did do set me up for this moment um Mm -hmm. and so I did that And then I ended up leaving Illinois and moving to Georgia um, my sophomore year of college. And then when I got here, 
um, I found like a role um, at a company, like an administrative assistant. So I did money management there where, you know, you check in and you manage people's profiles and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went into taxes. Um, so I did that for two years. Um, and then last year I got into audit and did that for half a season. Um, and then last I guess yeah that was last year and then the other half of that year I actually started in my career as a business consultant um doing a bunch of IT audit for like it's weird but um but it's still accounting and I think every step that I or every like job that I had um helped me to understand numbers to understand money um and just even like going through my own personal struggles with finances, um, I think help me to understand money. And like, if I can help someone else <laughs> avoid what I avoided, um, budgeting and like figuring out what's good and like not living on your last dime, mm -hmm. um, then that's what I enjoy. And I specifically got into this career to help people manage their money and like know more about finances and how to have their money work for them because essentially money is a tool and if you can understand how it can work for you then you can understand how um to really just have it work for you um and that's the bottom line like how does money work for me and not me work for money Mm, yeah like the quote similar to the quote so would you mind describing a little bit more of your struggle with money like you don't of course have to go into details that you're not comfortable with but um because you seem like when I was talking to you at the restaurant at, at Danny's birthday party you seem like you have every like all your ducks in a row and I'm just like girl please help me so yeah. it's 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 crazy to think that at one point in time you weren't like this so would you mind describing to the audience and to us um what kind of what you went through and then how like what specifically made you go from there to here also um, I wanted to say too that this you guys Brittany is starting her own consulting and accounting services so yes. this is essentially free free advice yes oh, y'all <laughs> the volume up because she's sitting here giving you her precious time and tips so we're definitely tuned in I hope you are too y'all um but yeah to your point Muna um I think so I started like my first job was at 13 and when you're 13 wow. you don't really know like what to do with money and so mm -hmm. at that point I was just saving it and saving it um well not really even saving it I would just make it and spend it because I knew like I would always get paid again mm -hmm. um and so that kind of carried over when I actually got a, a I, I don't want to say a more grown job, but I guess it was a more consistent job um, mm -hmm. when I turned 17 and I would get like these checks, look, minimum wage, you ain't making a lot of money. So when you get like a $200, $300 check, you're like, oh, I got me some money. Okay. <laughs> And so, Honestly, I still think that, and I don't make minimum wage. That's, that's like, okay. literally, the fact that minimum wage is dirt poor makes me so sad. 
Yes. It is awful. And I really think that they should increase it because mm-hmm. can't nobody live off of minimum wage. Okay. Um, so Oof. that's another conversation for another exactly. day. Exactly. <laughs> say. Um, so yeah, I honestly um started like having that same mindset of, oh, I got this money. I know I'm gonna get paid. I really don't have any expenses or any responsibilities mm-hmm. at the time. So I would just do whatever with money. I would spend it however I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the key, right? No expenses. I, <laughs> right. No expenses, no responsibilities. You know, you can just <laughs> splurge. We were living good back then, honestly. Adults in the ghetto. And you know, I think that's the reason why I still have trouble with money because I didn't really start getting like expenses and like stuff I had to actually take care of until like this year, mm-hmm. a little bit last year. So like now I'm just like, mm, I, I could have prepared for a little bit better. Yes, I'd be crying. After you see your take, like what you take home versus this expense uh-huh. and that expense. I'm like, why are they taking exactly. hundreds, of, hundreds of dollars out of my check? <laughs> I want to pay for school. I don't understand. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So how did that shift once you, when you're in your position, like when you were 17, versus um when you started to have more responsibility um so 17 I was just careless like if I didn't want to wash clothes I would go buy a new outfit and that would happen every day for like a week and it would just be like okay well I can do that because I have all this extra money but now that I have responsibilities it's like ooh, can I really afford that like Mm -hmm. if I go spend a good 50 dollars on one outfit can I afford that like is everything else going to be taken care of Mm -hmm. so um honestly that is the wrong way to think (laughs) also um (laughs) and we can touch base when we get to other topics um but yeah so I think that was kind of like my wake-up call and then the whole um self-love culture can be very toxic financially toxic Mm. um it's mentally and emotionally good for us but it can be financially toxic and if we aren't careful on how much we're divulging into this self-love culture it can destroy us um so that was another thing that kind of woke me up too like okay I'm not feeling good I'm depressed today what my guilty pleasure was to go shopping so every mm-hmm. time I didn't feel good, somebody hurt my feelings. Um, I got bad news. Whatever the case was, I went to go shopping because that was my retail therapy. Like that's the way I handled everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I realized that that was unhealthy. Um, and as much as we say like, oh, self-love, self-love, a lot of self-love for me had to do with sitting with myself. One, it saved me money. And two, I was able to really <laughs> heal and like, you know, that self-love is a whole different topic and that's not what we're here for, but, but, it is but I'm glad you brought that no, up. That, I'm glad that, you brought it up. Yes. Because we are expensive to manage. Our emotions yes. are expensive. We're a lot to handle because it does make you feel good. And it's, but it, you have to remember that it's very temporary. Yes. It's like instant gratification. And then you'll still be in the same, if you don't work out the issues, you're still going to be in the same boat and wanting to do it again you know and a lot of the times people don't even think about the financial aspect of self-love because I didn't think about it until you literally just mentioned it how it's so draining to your pockets because for you it was shopping but for me it's food and 
the listeners already know I gained some weight, but that's okay. Are you trying to because, <laughs> because I feel like it's, it's anything that's comforting that costs money, you will do. Mm-hmm. Especially exactly. if you have time, especially in, especially in a panoramic. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you will definitely spend money. So I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's easy to like, you know, spend the money on self-love when you don't have responsibilities. But mm-hmm. when you start having like responsibilities, like you got bills, you got all types of stuff that you need to pay for. And you like, oh, I'm gonna just like not even think about anything else and just go splurge on your guilty pleasure. Then mm-hmm. you're left trying to scramble money um, to cover what's, you know, important. So yeah. I think that was kind of like my wake up call. Um not, I wouldn't say this year, I would say more so like a couple of years ago while I was still in college. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have as much responsibility as I have now, but still I was like, oh dang, like I, I do need to start thinking about these things because one, when I get out of school, I'm gonna have to pay loans back or mm-hmm. um, if I want a new car, I need to start saving for that. If I want this house, I need to start saving for that. So it was also thinking ahead and thinking like, oh, what do I want to accomplish in the next couple of years? Um, Which also helped change my mindset um, because things cost. (laughs) Yeah. They're getting They surely do. They are. Um, So yeah. Um, I hope that answers your question, Muna. Yes, it did. And I also think, I feel like you still started pretty early um like you started thinking about it early like you said sophomore year in college right yeah so I think I still think that's a pretty good time to start because a lot of people aren't thinking about that until they graduate or you know if something happens and they're no longer in school then they're forced to start doing that by like you said paying back loans and stuff so I think you're honestly on the right track I know she was ahead of the game because Mm -hmm. I didn't start thinking about it until that first e-bill dropped and it was like ooh. Girl, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, this is real." <laughs> but it's, it comes made it for it's definitely very real. Um, I do have a question as well. I wanted to know, yeah. aside from prioritizing what um qualifies as a need versus a want, what are some tips that you've learned along the way that help you um budget? Like, just some budgeting tips overall. Um, so the best um, tip I can give you mm-hmm. is knowing what's coming in and what's going out. So knowing how much money you're bringing in and knowing how much money is going out. So what you're spending and on like bills or, you know, whatever it is to sustain you um, and then your needs and your wants. Right. So that's important. Um, and then categorizing that. So what I would do is take like your last three month bank statements and really sit down and see how much you brought in for a month, how much you spent. And sometimes you would be surprised. Um, and I, I don't necessarily do that because I'm always kind of conscious about like what I'm spending. Um, but before I hadn't, Um, really sat down and thought about what I was spending but when I did it I was like 
oh, I'm, I'm spending way too much money in this area. So I need to cut back and it will be like on shopping or um, <laughs> that would be my biggest expense, <laughs> honestly. Okay. Um, so I would be like, no, I can't. I can't shop as much as I would like to. Maybe I'll go out like once a week or um, not even once a week because that can get expensive. <laughs> but I actually put myself on a hard limit. Like this is what I can spend um, on shopping, but also calculating your gas, calculating like your gas for your car, calculating your bills for wherever you live, um, whether it be a house, apartment, Mm -hmm. paying rent at your parents' house, whatever you have to like dish out to live, that should come first. And then your want or your, yeah, your want should come next. So, um, and then Going along with that, um, I heard like the, and this can be adjusted, but it's a 50, 30, and 20 rule. So 50% um, of your income should be in savings, 30% should be your expenses, and 20% is like your, um, <laughs> like your wants. <laughs> I'm just like however, 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 look, look, don't, don't feel bad, honestly, because it can be adjusted to anybody's needs. Yeah. Um, and that's what I can help with. But it's really, you never want to spend, you don't want to be um, living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of Americans do that now because it's like, we don't know what's coming in and we don't know what's going out. And that's mm-hmm. the number one, like, thing that can destroy us. Honestly, not knowing your cash flow. Um, yeah, I think so, the visual of the um, statements, like comparing your previous statements, is very idea. helpful because it helps you identify your patterns. So <laughs> that way you can know like where what goes where. Um, the 50, 30, 20 rule. <laughs> um, that is a good tip. I, I don't currently use that, but I think I'm getting closer to it. So that's a good, that's a good. Um, I think like we've been saving though. You've been doing a lot better in this past saving. year. Ever since the panini started, you've been doing a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to, because I think 2020 was just a wake up call for everyone. Yeah, no, yes. Nothing is guaranteed, <laughs> including life, obviously. <laughs> But Mm -hmm. it's just like, it was very much a wake up call that you have to have, you know, you could be laid off at any minute. Do jobs Mm -hmm. really have job security? Not really. And most people can do their jobs from home. (laughs) I'm just going to keep saying that because they act like I have to be in the office day in and day out. And I really don't. Right. I'm doing just fine at the crib. (laughs) But yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it really was eye opening um, in a lot of ways. especially when it comes to finances, because that's like been the number one struggle. Um, Joseph Robinette Biden, if you're listening to this podcast anywhere in the world, not Robinette. run me my money. <laughs> <laughs> we need these stimulus checks. I'm not playing with you. Listen, <laughs> he's been in the office for like four days. Four days. A second. But that's got, enough time. He got weekends off too. Okay. That's enough time to get settled in. Mm-mm. That's enough time to get settled in. He got to move it all his grandkids. You know, he got a million of them. True, he do got a lot of grandkids. But he <laughs> had ample time. He knew what the situation was. 
the panini press before true. he got in there. So this is I true. think he's actively working on it, which I appreciate. And he signed a lot of executive orders already, um, hopefully that are backed by Congress. But remember what I said earlier. Um, yeah so I hope that um, answers your question of tips and tricks for budgeting and honestly um, this is so distracting what are you looking at like when I'm looking at at her like pressing stuff on the note and it's like moving (laughs) but you were doing that earlier you did it first Okay, sorry, Brittany, continue. <laughs> no, y'all are fine. Um, dang, I lost my train of thought. But um, it's okay. Um, I think I was just talking about, like, when I do help people or, you know, work with people on budgeting and, like, their finances, mm-hmm. I tailor it to what their needs are. And so that's one benefit of working with someone. Um, it's not a all for one or one for all. It's definitely something that's tailor-made. Um, and then, yeah, I hope that answered your question. I do have a question. Would you yes. be able to do like a like a mini scenario rundown? Like say, for example, if somebody was uh, bringing in $2,000 net, it's net, right? Mm-hmm. Like before the taxes, like a month or so, and they live in a grand apartment in Buckhead and they got a really nice car but they're living paycheck to paycheck because they spend a lot of money on either food or going out or um just or things like not taking care of their house like not not wanting to cook for example like would you encourage people to cook more or do you feel like people can budget to the point where if they didn't want to cook, they'd still be able to save money. Something like that. Um, I think it's case by case, but mm-hmm. um, I would definitely say whatever it is that you want to do and whatever your goals are, you can absolutely make what you want happen. Um, but it does take sacrifice. So you, like you said, going to the clubs and eating out every time, every day, or you know, spending little money here or there five dollars adds up like if you spend five dollars every day that is 35 dollars a week times mm-hmm. four that's how much money you're spending in a month just five dollars and we know most meals are not just five dollars right. so um if you think about it like that like oh this is how much money i'm spending um just eating out where i could save that money and like buy a hundred dollar groceries for the month if you budget correctly if it's just you and find like ways that you can buy fifty dollar groceries every two weeks and there's ways to do it um then absolutely but it does take sacrifice to want to get ahead and um i think that's something that's missing when it comes to um missing when it comes to like finances people think like it's easy to um just continue to do the same things and save money or try to get ahead and it doesn't work that way um so if so my biggest question is what are you willing to sacrifice 
Um, I appreciate you bringing that up because referring back to when we were at the restaurant again, you did say that you had to, you have to sacrifice a lot of things now in order to save, in order for your, in order for you to achieve your bigger goal. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah. So do you feel like, well, I guess it is in a sense, of course, worth it in order to achieve your bigger goal, but I guess how, how, like, did you structure your mind in order to get over what you're sacrificing now to be like, okay, I know this is what I want. And if I don't go out every time or if I miss a few events here and there, I'll be okay. I'm not supposed to stay home. I love my house. Like, how did you get to that point? <laughs> um, <laughs> let me see. Honestly, I feel like it was just in me. Like, one, I've never really liked clubs. Um, I did really like shopping, but it will always like come up and be like, can I afford this? Mm-hmm. Is this going to take away from what I'm like achieving my goal? Basically, is this going to take away from me achieving my goal in X amount of time? Also, another good thought is how many hours did I work to get this item or whatever? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you're hourly rate is eight dollars and you're buying a hundred dollar item how many hours did you work to get that item mm-hmm. and if you're like oh I worked 50 hours that's not the correct math just whatever <laughs> yeah. um I worked 50 hours to get this item are you willing to sacrifice and say like oh I can work another 50 hours to make that money back like yeah. that's also what yeah that was also a good tip because it's like if I and then another I have so many tips but if you mm-hmm. cannot afford to pay for it in one city I don't advise to get it because then it's like $40 here $40 next week $40 in another two weeks it can add up quickly and then you forget about it mm-hmm. um sometimes and I've seen that happen to where people are like oh I didn't know the $40 what's coming out of my paycheck this week Mm -hmm. and then now I'm set back and now I have to scramble to find this money for $40 to cover whatever that other $40 was going to cover right that's a good point I think too that your goals also have to matter to you so if you're thinking long term um I don't know what your personal goals are but like for instance if I want to get a house if I my biggest thing is like if I want to start a family Kids are expensive. Yes. You just birth them and then you just keep paying for them forever. So I'm just like, okay, like that's crazy. You know, children are expensive. You know, the the maybe the lifestyle that you want, you want to be comfortable. Like you said, you don't want to be living paycheck to paycheck. That requires pre-planning. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think if your goals matter to you and you know that this is something that I truly want or or foresee myself having, then that kind of gives you that little reminder as well of like hey it might be beneficial to you know cut back here or like you know save a little extra this time as opposed to what you previously did you know right Mm -hmm. yeah that's good and that's true um everything you said Fatu um it's definitely important to you know just figure out and it goes back to just looking at your bank statements knowing what you're spending um each month and just seeing where you can cut costs and what you can sacrifice um, for the long term. And just think like once you reach that goal, you'll be like, oh, dang, I 
have additional money. I know how to live on less. So when I reach that goal, like I can still make it um, if something does happen. Um, And I think 2020 taught us that like it's nothing is guaranteed. Um, So definitely knowing how to live on less because a lot of people's income got cut. Yeah, so I did agree with what you were saying earlier. Um, It all definitely depends on if you can live a lifestyle that you know is more profitable for you in the long run um at least I know for both of us growing up our mom was very frugal and she (laughs) taught us her frugal ways but look it's a good thing because she knows how to save when I say that woman Mm -hmm. knows how to save she is a pro so honestly I think that's something that and when it's time to splurge she'll splurge but Mm -hmm. that's something that she really um, instilled in us as far as um, realizing the value of saving um, and which is know. surprising because I'm still over here spending money like I, got I it know like but that. you'll catch on to it <laughs> no you will you will because we already do this like even when I said like I have like a shopping habit or whatever I'm definitely mm-hmm. up in the thrift stores too like don't get don't mm-hmm. get interested. I don't mind buying second hand labels have never been a thing to me you know as long as mm-hmm. I look cute in it that's cool <laughs> that's so it. yeah I think we definitely um, got that from our mom and it's good to have those positive role models to look towards um, in finances. And that doesn't have to be a parent necessarily. It could be anyone. Um, right. Yeah. So, and then I want to eventually get to where I can have a financial advisor. <laughs> yes. So we're working our way up there. But a lot um, of people don't have those either. Like our, our financial advisors honestly useful. Like I feel like they are, but you're like paying somebody to tell you how to manage your money. And I'm just like, hmm. and you would think they make a, a decent amount of money. So I'm like, dang, I'm spending money on you trying to make sure I save my money. Like, oh. You could do it in the beginning, especially if it's something you're struggling with um, mm-hmm. that's not coming naturally to you. I think it is helpful because they're teaching you things that you can develop a habit out of. Just like right. we're talking to Brittany now, we're getting tips from her. But who's to say, like, later on down the line, I'm a pro and I can pass that on to somebody else. That's true. So, yeah. But I wanted to know a little bit more about um, credit scores and, um, you know, just what to do in your daily shopping habits um, if you do have a credit card. Because, you know, they are rampant. They send them in the mail, like, every day. (laughs) So (laughs) there's no way to get by without having like a good credit score, especially in the US. So I wanted to touch base on that a little bit. Yes, so the thing about credit, um, people get it wrong. It's like, oh, they think you don't need credit if you have money, but that's not the point of credit. Um, Credit unlocks a lot of doors that money can't. So if you have a great credit score, your interest rate won't be as high. It's okay that you have a lot of money, but why would you spend all your money on like a monthly mortgage when you can save money, right? So Mm -hmm. that's one way. Um, Even like big purchases, like car loans, like a mortgage, stuff like that. That's where it comes into play. Um, so credit, there's a few factors, but the main factor is how, um, 
how consistent are you with your payments? Are you on time? Do you pay every month? Are you paying the monthly um, balance? Like, what are you doing? Um, so all credit is, is how often are you paying your debts off? And are you paying it like- payment history, right? Yeah, it's your payment history. And um, there's other thing that factors in like how long you've had like a credit history, Mm -hmm. um, which will impact your score as well. Um, And then like how on, like, are you on time? Um, And I think those are like the big factors of credit. yeah, I know I I'm say, missing one. one thing I learned was utilization as well. Like yeah. how much of your credit limit you're using. I think that makes like a vast or has a vast impact on your overall score, um, especially when it's time for those numbers to get to the reporting agencies and things like that. Um, they're really looking at utilization. Is there a percentage that you would say like to stay within that's like a good percentage? Yeah. Um, so I would honestly, so touching back on your first question, do I have a credit card? Yes, I have two, one for a store and one from like a bank. So my store credit card is pink Victoria's Secret. And I honestly got it when I was 18 years old to start building credit. And I periodically use it. I don't use it often, but I have kept it open because it contributes to my credit card balance and my credit history. So how Mm -hmm. the length of however long my credit card was open. Mm -hmm. Um, And so second, your second question about um, the limit. So there's a few things that contribute to my answer. One is knowing when your statement date is. That's different from when your payment date is. Your payment date is the date your payment needs to be at the creditor. Um, Mm -hmm. The statement date is the date that is reported to the credit um, union or credit bureau, like TransUnion, Equifax, um, and the other one, I I can't remember right now. But anyway, so that's when it is like your hard deadline when they're going to report it. Um, So I would know those two dates. One first tip is to make sure when you're making a payment that your balance is always 10% or under. Um, And that will show like, oh, you have a good um, history of paying your debts off, right? So say I have a credit limit of 500 on my credit card. Um, one credit card. And then on my second credit card, I have a limit of 250. So together, my credit card limit that creditor see is 750. So when I want to make sure, like, I want to make sure that either one credit card is zero um, by the statement date. And then I want to make sure my other credit card is, what is 10% of 500? What? but Mm -hmm. I essentially can go up to $80 because my credit limit overall is um, $750, right? Right. I guess technically $75, but Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, So knowing that and making sure you have that by your statement date is important. 
um, because that is what contributes to um, your credit score and what increases it. Also, making sure your bills are paid on time every month. Um, that light bill, that water bill, that cable bill, Netflix, whatever. I mean, not Netflix, because obviously they just gonna cut it off. But um, <laughs> anything that's like a contract um, that can affect your score or that can be sent to creditors yeah. or to collections, I should say, definitely um, make sure that you know how much the minimum payment is. And if you can't make pay off, um, the balance to 10%, at least make the minimum payment. And if you can make a little bit more to show that you are credible and you know how to pay your debt back. Understanding. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't, I didn't know that they combined the credit limits and then did the percentage off of that. I thought it was for each card. So I'm, I'm glad to have learned that because, oh, I do have a question. Yeah. So I feel like credit karma is just not accurate. What do you think? Because like you'll go like I've applied to a credit card and they'll be like oh my score is like six something but then on credit card I'd be like 700 and I'm like something I have up <laughs> so the thing with credit karma um not every credit or um company reports your credit to the bureaus right mm-hmm. so like Equifax TransUnion Um, every month so they may be a little bit behind and what happens is credit doesn't just happen on one day it's ever-changing so daily Mm -hmm. Um, so if you go on credit karma and it says your score is 700 and then you go get your score pulled by um, a car dealership right and it comes back like 640 something didn't get reported to the credit bureaus and then Credit Karma didn't update. But Mm -hmm. that credit, uh, the car dealership has the updated um, score. So for that day, I I should say, it was specifically for that day. Usually Credit Karma is in between 20 points, more or less. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's good to take your score, like credit karma score to know like what area you're in. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the range, but I wouldn't necessarily depend on that because it can change. Yeah. So is the one, like when you're looking at it through your uh, bank, is that a little bit more accurate? Because I never do that because I always say like, if you look at your credit score too much, it'll go down. So I just- Yeah, what about inquiry? I was going to ask that too. Like, do they- impact your score i mean i know that they are listed yeah um, but how how do they impact your score okay so an inquiry so there's two types there's a soft inquiry and there's a hard inquiry soft mm-hmm. inquiries don't impact your score too much um it may decrease it by a few points a hard inquiry is um where they like grab everything um from your credit score or credit history Um, And that impacts your score a lot more. Um, So if you can, I would, I usually ask up front, like whoever's going to pull my credit, is this a hard inquiry or a soft inquiry? Because Mm -hmm. then I can have an idea of how it's going to impact my credit score. And you don't want too many hard inquiries on your credit score because it can decrease. Um, 
it's a low impact, but it definitely can um, decrease your score if you have too many. Also, hard inquiries don't stay on your credit score forever. They do um, drop after like a year or two, depending mm -hmm. on um, what type of institution. Yeah, institution yeah. that pulled it. So yeah. I mean, credit is very complex and it's definitely something. It's so that... complex. We learn something new every day, honestly. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And they don't um, want to tell us the stuff because they want us to be drowning in debt. Like, okay. it doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't I don't understand. Like, I, and then the thing is, you're, oh, it's just making me frustrated. It's like. <laughs> How you were saying that you had, like, you took accounting in high school. I thought that was really cool because I always, always wish that they would teach a financial literacy class in grade school. I think that would have just been so useful. Yes. Like a real life tangible skill that most people need in order to be successful. Because you hear of all these celebrities making this amount of money. I mean, granted, they have like corrupt contracts and stuff too. But you hear of like people making like large sums of money and then they're broke the next day. And I'm just like, what happened? Um, and that's just like a sad tale. Like, I just think that if we had those courses, offered to us we would be in a much better position as adults um but unfortunately they didn't want us to be great <laughs> yeah no I so. definitely understand that and it it's unfortunate because if you don't take the initiative to go out and learn about finances then you just are ignorant to all of this right unless you take a course or you in, come across somebody that knows finances mm -hmm. or took accounting or whatever, where you can ask the questions that you need. Um, but yeah, it's definitely unfortunate. And that was the whole reason that I got into accounting in the first place, because I know as black people, we don't always know about finances and we don't tend to seek out. We think we know like how to manage our money. And then down the line, we may get into this rut where we're like, oh, I really don't know what I'm doing and I need help. Mm -hmm. um, so if we can be more proactive than reactive, that is what I want to see. Um, and I do want to see not just Black people, but I want to see everyone win and fit, like achieve their financial goals. Like I know financial freedom is the big topic right now, but honestly, when you have financial freedom, you like a lot of our worries are around money and yes. finances and being able to provide and sustain ourselves. So when you have that financial freedom, that's something that you're not worried about constantly. And you mm -hmm. are able to have money work for you, like we were saying at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I'm more fulfilling yeah. life. I can't wait. The stress. Honestly, yeah, like it's like a weight lifted off of your shoulders. Um, you don't mm -hmm. know how many posts I see online about like, we paid off all our debt. And I'm like, oh my gosh that's amazing like that in itself is so liberating like I don't care if you got a new house new car whatever if you paid off your debt to where like okay like now you own the house or you or you own mm -hmm. the car you're in the position to do that that's much more rewarding yes and then when you have that like you were saying own the house and own the car those are things that you can pass down yeah. Um, to generations right so yep that's what a lot of wealthy people do in the first place like they obtain a house mm -hmm. um and then honestly there there's so many different things and avenues that they do but they get a house they pay it off and then 
they pass it down to their children where their children don't have to pay a mortgage or whatever. And then they have all these properties that are, or they'll rent the properties out. So they're not paying for it, but their money, like someone else is paying for it and their money is still working for Residual income. Absolutely. Exactly. Residual income. And building generational wealth. I think those are two top tier things that you know we all want that's to like achieve. that's a lot of, that's something that black people don't get a chance to do a lot of the time so it would be really nice if we could start working on that for sure yes it would and but you know that comes with the higher wages too and you know because we getting these college degrees and y'all trying to give us chump change what is it i don't understand um, that's not, it's so not even chump change Yes, that's enough. <laughs> I don't. I be feeling like I'm working at the Chum Bucket sometimes. I'm like, damn. <laughs> they probably make more at the Chum Bucket than they do at Walmart. So, wait, honestly, which is crazy. <laughs> so, speaking of building long-term wealth, um, do you have any like just general tips about investing um, for someone that's maybe starting out that doesn't necessarily have a pro- portfolio but wants to know what to look for? Um, when they start investing and what to avoid? Yes. Number one tip is if you need the money within five years, do not invest. Um, Mm -hmm. Investing is not a short-term thing. So it's five years and on. Um, Because the stock market is so volatile, it fluctuates daily. So you can see your money, like you're losing money and then it'll increase and you have a profit. It's always gonna do that. It ebbs and like, you just have to go with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the biggest advice that I got and the biggest advice that I can give y'all. And the second advice that I would say is don't invest more than what you're willing to lose. So if you invest $500, if the, stock, if the stock market crashes tomorrow, are you willing to lose that $500? Because the market, like it crashed in 08 and I think there's another crash that's going to happen. Um, I'm hearing that as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do believe another crash is going to happen, but I do say don't invest more than what you're willing to lose. And that goes for any investment. Don't invest into friends more than what you're willing to lose. Like if you know that they ain't gonna give that money back, don't give it to them. <laughs> So, I mean, that's, that's like you know, the worst investment too, because people will be really taking advantage of you. Like, oh, yeah, you the word borrow and lend has yeah. turned into something completely different. So, you have to be very mindful of who you. It's only a it's like you don't want to seem like a bad friend and not want to help your friend out. But if you know your friend, if you know they're not going to pay you back, just 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 say you don't have it. it. And that they can't yeah. they can't fault you for it because no. you don't have it. Like mm-hmm. what can they say? Yes, you do. Like you don't have my money. <laughs> like we're struggling together. I don't understand. Right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's um the top two tips that I can give for investing. And then the third tip is invest in household items. So like last year, I know a lot of yes. people started investing into Netflix, Apple. Amazon, um, Zoom, right? All of these products increased so much because people were at home um, Mm -hmm. and they were being used very often. So that's the biggest advice that I can give um, is invest in household items. Something that you use daily also. If you see yourself like liking Nike and you know you buy a lot of Nike, invest in some stock, like get some of your money Mm -hmm. back. 
Um, I, I mean, what else is a household item? You know, it's crazy because Soldier Boy did that. He invested in soap. Yes. He invested in a soap company and he's got a lot of money now. I'm like, right. I did that. Because you don't think about it, right? Because you're like, mm-hmm. oh, dang, I buy this soap. It's a necessity. It's something that I need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone are... who invested in toilet paper is winning. Exactly. Sanitizer right? winning. Right? <laughs> and my thing is now um, looking into the future because that's just my mindset. Like, what, what do I think is going to happen in the future? And I mean, it's not mo- more so what do I think. It's kind of like on trend um, with like what's going on. But now I'm thinking like, okay, when the pandemic is over and people are able to open up and these stock prices like airlines are low, um, cruises are low right now. When you get in low and the, like, the world opens back up, I'm sure people are going to want to travel because they've been locked up for so long. They're going to be like, hey, where can I go? I'm going to go buy a ticket. I'm going to like find somewhere to travel. So I'm sure airlines are going to be packed. Right, um, and right. also cruises are cruise lines are going to be um packed as well so i feel like that is like the trend that's going to happen once the pandemic is over and um you know and see where it goes i may be wrong but i'm you have to yeah, think, I think about <laughs> i think you're right. think i'm like that makes sense i didn't think about sense. that either mm-hmm. yeah like you have to think about what is it that you would do when all of this is over, right? Mm-hmm. I want to go travel. I want to, you know, I, I may want to go shopping, like, you know, so I would definitely think about the things that you are interested in doing once this pandemic is over. And then mm-hmm. if there's a business that's a public, go invest, but yeah. don't do more than what you're willing to lose. To lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, those industries are going to definitely be a boom. I've actually been thinking about investing in my own job just because we're going to be distributing the vaccine soon. Uh, so I work at CVS. So, and their stock's been looking pretty good. I haven't kept up with it in like a week or so, but I've been thinking about investing with them. But I just, I'm like, I, I barely work there. So I'm like, do I want to give that much of my check away to them? Even though it's not that much, but like you said, it, I have to be willing to actually lose that money in order to gain something in the future, possibly. Yeah. You can start so, small too. You don't have to put all your eggs in one basket. Luckily, the world is your oyster. Like you can literally invest in, you know, multiple companies, mm-hmm. multiple organizations. You can start small and build. Yeah. And that's a I should have invested in Tesla. What'd you say? I said I should have invested in Tesla. Oh, Tesla? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, but that's a good point that you brought up, Patu, of invest, like, don't put your eggs in one basket. Um, if you have all your money into one stock, that's a high risk. Um, so you want to divvy your money out um, to different stocks in different sectors um, because it makes your portfolio diversified. And if one sector starts plummeting and another sector starts um, profiting, then you're, you kind of have a balanced portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also a good tip too. Yep, love yeah. it. We're learning so much here. Love this flow of knowledge. <laughs> Loving also, it. you can look into getting if you want to do it on your own, like investing. 
Robinhood is free. I think Acorn is free. Um, but if you have some real money, I do not suggest you doing it on your own. I would suggest you going to a, um, a like institute like Charles Schwab, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, those type of institutions that can actually have someone invest for you that really knows how to um, diversify portfolios and the Very ways dirty. of the stock. People that go, mm-hmm. go for that stuff. That do that for a living. Oh yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. So we did want to just give you a second too to just kind of, um, you know, let us know what your professional goals are for the upcoming year and beyond um, with your company and um, different things you might be doing in the future that people can look forward to. So I am actually going to start a um, accounting and consulting business. So if y'all are interested in getting some money management tips or just need some guidance, um, you can always reach me. Um, I do have a official Instagram account, but it is under construction, um, (laughs) which is just Bishop Accounting and Consulting Services, um, I believe. Yeah, and we'll we'll tag it as well so they can kind of go follow you. And, you know, um, once you have everything up and running, they can reach you that way too. Yeah, definitely. And if you have any immediate um, questions or need like help, um, we can always set up a call and just see what your needs are and how I can help you. Um, in the meantime, my email is the best way to reach me. Um, and I will obviously give it to Fatu and Muna um, so y'all can reach out. Um, but yeah, I'm available through email. And then once my website and all of that is up and running, I will definitely let the ladies know to let y'all know. So. Of course, we're gonna have a whole launch party. It's gonna be a thing. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So thank you so much, Brittany, for coming on. Um, thank you guys for inviting us. me. We of really course. appreciate you and all of your tips because I, I feel like I learned a lot more today than I did, did in school uh, this whole past semester. So Great. I really appreciate you. That's good. <laughs> for teaching you what you have taught me. Yes, that is so good. Well. You know, you guys can always reach out, um, as well as the listeners. Y'all can reach out, too, if you have any questions. Yes. Okay. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this segment. I feel like we low-key need to have another one in a couple months to do, like, an update. So. Don't you think? Yes. Okay. Especially, like, if, if one of us ends up investing in something or, if, um, you know, the world just magically opens back up after everybody <laughs> supposedly gets the vaccine, then I definitely think we should have, like, a... Um, uh, second uh, second part to it to see how things updated plus so we can get more into Brittany's business as well as you know see if you're like possibly holding classes for people to attend because we need your help I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I did make that clear but we need your help a lot of people need your help and they don't realize that they need your help so hopefully the first step is admittance and so yes you know we're doing half the job so thank mm-hmm. you Brittany for coming on and you're welcome my last great episode February 12th, taxes, like the IRS is starting to accept your taxes. So February 12th is a day. Okay, key date to note. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Well, thanks, ladies. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Bye.